Curry with the shot, Ben cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301, live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 73 of Curry in the Pot. Back again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back in the booth of yet another episode. I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone. Hope you got all the gifts you wanted. But I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen. This time I'm back with a very special roundtable episode. Got three special men on the line. And I've been wanting to collaborate with them collectively for quite some time. So without further ado, the first gentleman that I'm going to introduce is a, is a guy that's no stranger to the show. Without without this man, this show does not even happen. You guys just don't know. This guy's a very special individual. First up is my boy B. Jones. B. Jones, what it do, bro? Yo, it's good. Back in the building. Been in here a few times. You already know what it is. Glad to be back, though. For sure, for sure, man. Welcome back. Next up is a guy that was just on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago, man. Uh, he goes by the name of the Unpopular Podcast. Shout out to my boy. Welcome back, man. Mr. Jalen Hunter. What's going on, bro? Hey, man. I appreciate uh, you inviting me yet again, man. We had a long podcast first time, so I appreciate mm -hmm. it. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And last but certainly not the least, all the way from the West Coast, man, all the way out in Cali, my boy Zeke, man. Zeke, welcome. Yo, what's up, Mike? Thanks for finally having me on, man. It's been far too long. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. We, we got some things coming up in the future that nobody really knows about. So y'all just got to stay tuned. But uh, first off, man, how's everybody doing? How was you guys' Christmas? Man, I worked for Christmas. <laughs> for real? Yeah. Hey. Uh, hey, money don't. <laughs> so, I mean, what about you, man? It was straight. I can't complain. Good vibes with the fam. So for sure, for sure. For sure. Uh, it was great, man. It feels great to see my family finally after five months. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I know you. Uh, you you're in school now, so you came back for that, you know, Christmas break. Yes, sir. But yeah, man. Uh, we got some. We got some really, really nice topics, man. And uh, you know, thank you guys once again for coming on. I, I really want to, you know, personally thank you guys in front of the audience for coming on. It's been it's been a long time coming. Finally got everybody on one accord, and yeah, so. It's finally happening. So the first topic that I got, and you know, it's pretty much a rhetorical question, but is the NFL the most wide open that it has been in quite some time? B. Jones, I'm gonna start with you, bro. I would say yeah, cause we was talking earlier about Super Bowl matchups and stuff. I told you I would like to see the. Uh, I think I said the Saints and the Ravens. And the, yeah, and yeah. The Saints, or the Saints and the Chiefs, something like that. But I'm like I'm not even solid on that. Like um, like the Saints, they were looking like a dominant team like the first ten games. Then mm -hmm. we seen the offense that struggled the past few games. The Rams, I don't really I don't know what's going on with Jared Goff. I don't believe in them. The Bears, are, yeah, Bears are a flawed team. Cowboys a flawed team. Uh, Seahawks and uh, who's the, who's the uh, Seahawks and the Vikings flawed teams. Or maybe the Eagles. Yeah, maybe the Eagles. And then you, then you look in the AFC. I mean, the Chiefs, they have a great offense, but then that defense is suspect. Patriots have been looking suspect. Chargers have been looking suspect. Who's the, uh, the Texans looking suspect? Mm -hmm. And, and then, they lost uh, to Marius Thomas, too. Yeah, Ravens on the hot streak, but you know, Lamar Jackson is still being a rookie and all that. You can't really 
trust him that much. And then either the Titans or the Colts are going to be the wild card. They've, they've, they've overachieved, but I wouldn't say they're a championship contender. So I, 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 I wouldn't even know who to put my money on if I had to had to pick a Super Bowl matchup right now. Right, right. Uh, uh, Jalen, what about you, man? Uh, to be honest with you, bro, like, listen to what you just said. I don't even think it is that that wide open. Like, there's a lot of good teams, but like you like you just pointed out, a lot of teams are real suspect, and that's how it's been year after year. The only difference is, of course, we're looking at the Patriots a little differently, but I don't see anybody going into, you know, the Saints beating them. And in the AFC, I can't really see – I mean, the Chiefs – yeah, shoot. I can't see nobody beating the Chiefs, honestly. Uh, with that high, now, yeah, the defense is trash, but with that high powered offense, I can't see nobody beating them. Like, to me, it's a 12, I mean, a two team race and then a bunch of okay teams. Like, Chargers got flaws. Um, like you said, Ravens got flaws. Seahawks are good, but they got flaws. I don't see too many debilitating flaws from the Saints. And while, yeah, the, the Chiefs' defense is garbage, they have. To me, like a, an electrifying offense that can't be matched, unless, you know, except for the Saints. So those, to me, is a two-team race, and everybody else is is it's kind of like Golden State and Houston last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right, Zeke, what about you, man? What you think? Uh, Jalen, I'm gonna kind of have to kind of disagree with you for that. Uh, the Chiefs, they're not as electric uh, without Kareem Hunt. Uh, they they mm-hmm. can be beat. Uh, they can easily be beat now, especially with the. Uh, with a, a quarterback that can match him blow for blow. I mean, Russell Wilson just kind of proved that, you know. I mean, obviously, it's going to be tough to go into Arrowhead. Uh, but, hey, man, like, they can be beat any given Sunday. Uh, and the Saints, you know, I would probably pick them as the favorite just because, you know, they have a quarterback who's who's done it before. You know, they have a bunch of electrifying players. They have good, uh, good players on both sides of the ball. You know, the Patriots, you're not really looking at them pretty much uh, the same as before, you know, especially with all – Gronk being a shell of himself, losing uh, Gordon, you know, and uh, that defense, you know, just isn't the same. Uh, the Rams, you know, they they have so much talent, but what are they doing with it as of right now? You know, they look strong in the first couple uh, nine weeks, and then after mm-hmm. that, you know, it hasn't really been the same. Uh, the one team that I would probably pick as a surprise is maybe even the Bears, man. They that that mm-hmm. team is it's looking real solid uh, everywhere on the ball. Same thing with the Chargers, you know. Chargers, the only thing that's that's messed up for them is uh, is those injuries. Other than that, I mean, they've been they've been real solid. Um, okay, uh, good points, gentlemen. Uh, in my opinion, I, I like what everyone said pretty much. My only concern about the Bears is the, their inexperience. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky, don't really know if you can trust him. But the defense, I can definitely trust that and lean on that. Uh, as far as the Chiefs. I think it's going to be extremely tough, like Zeke pointed out, for them to lose at Arrowhead. Obviously, we're not looking at the Patriots the same because I don't think the Patriots can go to any. I don't think they can travel and win on the road. I don't think this team is built to win outside of Foxborough, so I don't see that. Uh, My dark horse, as you guys all know, has been the Texans all year long, but they just lost Demarius Thomas, so I'm a little iffy on that pick. Like everyone said, pretty much everybody pretty pointed out that pretty much pointed out that every team has a flaw. And obviously, you know, we most of us think the Saints are the favorite, but they have flaws as well. This is why I said it's, it's the most wide open, because every team has flaws, even the best of the bunch. They have flaws. So that's pretty much my spin on it. anybody else. Got anything else to say? Uh, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, I guess I was the only one that didn't say Dark Horse. I mean, at the beginning, 
my dark horse team was uh, the Eagles, even though they did win the Super Bowl. I thought that they, you know, it's hard winning, you know, two Super Bowls back to back. But looking at, and I said this in my podcast a couple of days ago, like looking at the Bears right now, they give me a, a, a good, like a 2013 Ravens. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. But the defense, their defense is tough. Now, of course, you don't know what you're going to get from Mitch uh, any given Sunday, but that defense can really carry them. So right now, the, the mm-hmm. Bears are my dark horse. Yeah, I would not want to play them in the Windy City, not this late in the season. All right, so we're going to transition to the next topic, which is uh, what are you guys' Super Bowl dream matchup? Which Super Bowl would you like to see the most? Obviously, we did see the Rams and the Chiefs. We know how electrifying that was. I wouldn't mind seeing that again or seeing the Chiefs and the Saints. But honestly, I'm okay with any matchup that doesn't include the Cowboys. So uh, I'm going to go in reverse order. I'm going to start with you, Zeke. What, what, What matchup would you like to see? Um, at first, you know, it was the Chiefs and Rams, but then just looking at those teams, just not being the same anymore. Uh, surprisingly, I'm going to go Chargers and Saints. I think it'll be a good, a good headline, you know, Rivers versus Breeze, you know, them, uh-huh. them doing it after, you know, replacing one and one another. So it's just kind of, you know, Chargers have got after Bosa got back, you know, that, that defense is playing very, very well. Uh, Rivers, you know, has kind of, you know, been, been showing why he, uh, why he was taking number what was the number two in that in that draft now looking like he wants to add a Super Bowl with uh, with Ben and Eli and then uh, Dr- Breeze is looking to you know maybe he's not going to get MVP but hopefully he can add another ring to that collection so uh, I'd probably go with Chargers and Saints as my dream match that sounds like that sounds like the perfect script that the NFL wants Breeze and Rivers in the Super Bowl and I was talking to B Jones about it earlier about Super Bowl matchups you know it's like Usually, like a legendary figure, like in every Super Bowl that it has, it's been in like almost every year, just about. Yeah, that's like it's been Brady, uh, Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, uh, you know, on his way out. It's been like some type of legendary player. Uh, Jalen, what matchup would you like to see? Well, very quickly, I got two. I got the Seahawks and the Saints. I would love to see two, you know, small quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that going into drafts they weren't really looked at as game-changing quarterbacks nobody really thought Russell Wilson was going to be a game-changer coming into the draft and Drew Brees coming out of you know Purdue like nobody comes out of Purdue so I want to see two two quarterbacks and and then people know my love for Drew Brees even though I'm a Redskins fan unfortunately I do want to see that and if it could work I would love to see the Steelers and the Saints. Though that would be two high octane offenses. Two, you know, it's not happening. <laughs> two. <pretty, laughs> they, both of the defenses are strong in in areas that the other ones are weak. You know, the the Saints. Uh, uh, they have a really good run defense. The Steelers don't really have a good defense. So you know what I mean? It's just I do want to see that. I do want to see a I mean, you know play for one. So. I mean, we could get the Saints and Seahawks in the NFC Championship. Never know. Yeah, you, you never know. You never know. You never know. That'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. All right, B. Jones, what about you, bro? Yeah, I'm going to go with the matchup that we spoke on earlier, uh, the Saints and the Ravens, just because, I mean, I think the Chiefs are good, but to, they just giving me vibes of one of those teams that has a good regular season, then they get bounced in the playoffs. The Ravens, mm-hmm. they usually do. Vibes. 
the Ravens are giving me vibes of like Kaepernick, like when he first got on the scene and they was like running re option heavy and all that. And it, it wasn't like really anything complicated, but like teams weren't able, able to stop it and they had a dominant defense. So that team is giving, and that, that, that kind of model that could really work in the playoffs. The Saints, they're like, they're kind of like reminding me of like last year, Philly Eagles a little bit, like everything is bouncing mm-hmm. their way kind of stuff like that juju fumble then you go back to earlier in the year uh, the overtime win against the falcons the game against the browns with all the missed field goals the game against the ravens the missed field goals like every bounce is going their way and then they're going to be at home they're going to have home field advantage in the playoffs i feel like they could definitely make a run at the super bowl so i'm gonna go saints and ravens so that's kind of like half what i want half prediction but same thing mm-hmm. yeah. can i comment on that real quick yeah, what's up? Yeah. Good that you said uh, Colin Kaepernick because one, the wrestling should have picked him up. Oh God! Oh, but I'm not going there. The, <laughs> the reason and that's the thing that to me is holding the Ravens back from actually being a, like a contender in this whole thing because people are comparing Lamar Jackson to um, Colin Kaepernick. But if you look at the numbers, Colin Kaepernick was a way better, like more accurate thrower than. I, that's that's the only thing that, to me that's holding back the Ravens. That would be a great matchup to see, but you know, I kind of like what's holding back the Bears. Their quarter, like if you have if your quarterback play is mediocre or below average, I don't think. But your defense is like Hall of Fame worthy. I still think that that's too much of a of a I guess you know too much of a thing that's holding you back. You know what I mean? Too much I got of a, a quick to comment. Overcome. Yeah. So I think. I think what benefits the Ravens and Lamar Jackson is there's not a ton of film on this guy yet. I think that's going to be, you know, very beneficial. I mean, would he play like six games? They're five and one since he started starting. So it's not a, a huge sample size of film, which I think is beneficial. I mean, obviously, everybody's seen him play in college, but I don't think that they've they haven't unleashed everything. Like, I feel like right now they're just simplifying it and doing enough for them to win right now. And, you know, they're running the football very effectively. I feel like they have something like up their sleeve that we haven't seen yet. And I, that, that's just my opinion on the Ravens. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right. So, uh, hey, I'm glad nobody said anything about the Cowboys. I think we're all pretty firm that, yeah, for, just forget. I the do. Cowboys. I do. I do think. The, they, it's going to be the Saints and the Cowboys in the NFC. They, the Cowboys, think about them is they have the formula. They have the formula, yeah. but the formula has to it has to you know work 100%. It has to. They have to run the football effectively. Zeke has to have over 100 yards. The defense has to play stout. They have to control the clock, time of possession, etc. They definitely have the blueprint and the formula to win in the playoffs, but I just don't know. Well, I'm praying that it They get beat by the Saints. So I mean I'm not the same. I can, I can see that. Again, they're not going to beat the Saints twice in the same year. I can definitely see that. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't see that. I meant to say they're getting beat by the Seahawks in a wild card. Oh, I would love to see that too. Yeah, I don't see them. Nah, they're gonna be a, they're gonna be at home. That that ain't happening. Remember, Mike. <laughs> Remember, Mike. Yeah, they only lost one game at home. But Zeke, go ahead. I know where you're going. Um, they have a problem with mobile quarterbacks. I'm telling you, mobile quarterbacks are the death of the Cowboys. They play any mobile quarterback. That's it. It's a wrap. Well, look at all their games. Go look at all their games. They, they've they lost to mobile QBs. 
and you think they're gonna single one Wilson in the playoff? No. Wild card at that? No. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, next topic, we may have a consensus here on this, but it is biggest surprise in the NFL. I'm gonna start off. I th- I would say the Bears for sure. I don't think anybody saw the Bears doing this. I, I I totally slept on the Bears. My other surprise would be the Seahawks. I kind of wrote them off, as B. Jones knows, at the beginning of the year. I wrote the Seahawks off. I had them going about 6-10, and 7-9 and nine at the absolute best. And another surprise is not really – well, no, nah, I'm not really surprised by the Browns, but I would definitely say my biggest surprise is the Bears. Uh, anybody want to interject? Uh, um, oh, go ahead, take the floor. Yeah, I could touch on it. Uh, I mean, I guess we could say the Bears. I thought they was gonna be like eight and eight, so but they're, they're gonna be like ten and six, eleven and five. So that's not that much of a surprise to me. I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna happen this year. But I mm-hmm. think I would say two, two biggest surprises. Uh, first one being the the Colts. Just oh yeah, for sure. I didn't, I didn't think Andrew Luck was gonna be like this healthy. And I didn't think their defense was going to play this well for them to be playing for a playoff spot in the last week. I didn't expect that. And the second one, I would say the Packers. I don't. I was just thinking mm. like nobody like people, teams used to be scared to play the Packers, and now it's just like, what's up on Sunday? So yeah, that I, would say, I, would, I would say that's a surprise. Everybody had the Packers wild card at worst. Yeah, I'm pretty right. sure everybody had Packers wild card at very worst. First wild card at that. Um, yeah, so I, that's mine. Uh, mine's a little sort of the same, sort of different. I I wasn't surprised at the Colts' offense. I was surprised their defense because that was that's always been their weakness. And you know, behind mm-hmm. Darius Leonard, who I also surprising because I didn't think you know coming out of South Carolina State, I didn't think he was going to be as impactful as he is. Um, and also. I, I didn't think the Jaguars were going to be this bad, man. Like, I knew they were going to take a step back, but I didn't mm-hmm. think they were going to be as bad as they were. Because, you know, coming back, coming a year after being in the AFC Championship, they didn't really lose much. It's just Blake Bortles turned back into Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah, their, their offense was, like, historically bad. Like, Leonard Fournette missed a lot of games, too. Don't forget that. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, he didn't play well this year. And then uh, the offense is just like, it's terrible. Like, they can't, they, they struggle to put up 14 points. So. And, <laughs> and I guess the last thing, the last thing that surprised me was that as we speak, the Seahawks are the number one rushing offense in the league. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Now, yeah. With them, it's, it's our, it's all, they still have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. With that, and you still have the number one rushing, that, to me, that is a testament of not only Russell Wilson, but the backs that they have, the schemes that, uh, what's his name, the co- Pete Carroll is is, is scheming up. I, I didn't think, I knew they were going to be okay, but I didn't think that, I thought that their rushing a game, like last year, was going to be one of their weaknesses. I didn't think it was going to be leading the league <laughs> at at all this year so that was that's i don't think anybody saw that i totally wrote them off man Uh, zeke what about you bro um so for the bears i mean i had them going uh at 
at worst seven and nine, at best nine and seven. Uh, so I thought they were going to be a pretty good team with the addition of Khalil Mack. Um, but them going 11-4, that was definitely something. Hey, they definitely overachieved for sure. Um, mm. The Colts, I remember I had the Colts winning maybe four to five games this year. So I did I. I think I really, had them like really six surprised. and ten, five and 11. Yeah, I was really surprised. Um, the And one thing, the Dolphins, can we give the Dolphins a little bit of credit? They are the definition of any given Sunday. They are currently seven and eight right now. That's a huge surprise. I thought they would win maybe four games. Maybe four. I was like, I was really, really, really surprised. Um, also, another one is the Falcons. Like, what just happened to the Falcons this year? Like, and that, like they're, that was just like, a, they're just abysmal this year. Um, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but. Oh, some, no, no, go ahead. That really shows just how important Devontae Freeman is. Because once he went down, their offense plummeted. And then along with their offense, their defense, you know, shortly after plummeted as well. So They had not, some injuries too, though. Yeah, they did have some injuries. But the key, oh, yeah, definitely. They're, all right, and here's, here's a stat that I was looking up the other day because it's funny you said the Falcons. Before Devontae Freeman went down, they were second in almost everything, rushing yards, passing yards, time of possession. They were second in the NFL. When he went down, they plummeted to 27th. I and I didn't really think. I, I mean, I knew he was good in fantasy because I all picked him up year after year, but I didn't think he was that vital to their offense. But you, you clearly see, you know what I mean? That's yeah, a workhorse, man. Yeah. Um, another one is uh, the Seahawks. Remember, Mike? I did not think the Seahawks were going to do well this year, and uh, they have surprised me. And luckily, they have because me, I'm a huge Russell Wilson fan. I love Russ. Um, and then the Vikings as well, like, man, they're barely, they're fighting for that playoff spot. Like, man, they might not even get in, get in. It's like, Kirk Cousins, LOL. Man, I mean, you know, I don't like Kirk Cousins, but I, I thought that defense was going to be good enough to at least, you know, to do something. And they had enough weapons around Kirk Cousins for him to be in a okay situation. But then again, mm-hmm. too many primetime games can be a bad thing. No, that's horrible for Kirk Cousins. I got one more that nobody said. And... I mean, I'm kind of surprised, but it's the Panthers. I did not see them on a seven-game losing streak right now. I did not see this. Cam's hurt. I, I, I didn't think they I mean, were going to the playoffs. But they were on a six-game losing streak with him. So, But I, I know he is hurt, but I didn't see them losing seven straight games. That's true. I didn't see that either. Seven straight? Come on. Seven straight is a lot. Oh, my, yeah, 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 for sure. That's my quarterback. That's my fantasy quarterback. Got you out. <laughs> I, have, I have Patrick Mahomes. I can't relate. <laughs> I have my boy Baker. <laughs> B. B. Jones retired from fantasy though. Yeah, hey, hung up, hung up the cleats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got uh, well, we got two more NFL topics, and then one I don't really want to talk about, but we're gonna talk about it. All right, so the last one is NFL awards. Jalen, I'm gonna start off with you. Who's your coach of the year, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year? Okay, fast, rapid. I guess coach of the year, Pete Carroll. Um, I didn't see that coming at all. Offensive player of the year, I'm gonna give it to Patrick Mahomes, uh, as well as he's also gonna be my MVP. For the longest, it was Drew Brees, but this isn't a lifetime achievement award, so I got to give it to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year, I got to give it to Khalil Mack. He just not Khalil Mack. What's his name? Uh, uh, Aaron. Aaron yeah, he just broke the the sacks record. So shouts to him. 
Um, rookie of the offensive rookie of the year, Saquon Barkley. I said earlier that it was going to be Baker Mayfield. However, I took a gander at the numbers that Saquon Barkley is doing, and he's on pace to break uh, almost every Barry Sanders record within five years. So, um, and all and defensive, I had to give it to Derwin James for for a long mm-hmm. time. I was thinking about giving it to Darius Leonard, but. But Derwin James is doing and how he's propelling the Chargers defense along with Joey Bosa that it's it's almost you can't you can't overlook that. So I had to give it to Derwin James. So that's the, those are my rewards. Uh, who's next? B. Jones? Zeke? What's up? I'll look at B. Jones go. All right. Yeah. So MVP. I mean, coach. Because I'm going to start with coach. I'm going to go with Matt Nagy just because they overachieved. Uh, I don't. Like eleven games, they're going to the playoffs. That's overachieving. Pete, Pete Carroll will be my second, though, definitely for sure. Um, MVP, I'm gonna go Pat Mahomes, Offensive Player of the Year. I would give it to Pat Mahomes, but I want to give it to somebody else. I don't even know who I would give it to for this <laughs> one. I know Ty Gurley was hot for a minute, but I think he slowed down a little bit. But um, yeah. I guess I. I guess I'll give it to, like, Drew Brees, just a pity award. A defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack, just because he helped out that defense like crazy. Um, Offensive rookie of the year, Baker Mayfield, just because, like, he turned that offense up. Saquon Barkley, he's doing numbers too, but that, but that, it didn't really help them, like, win that many games. And uh, the offense was kind of stagnant towards the beginning of the year, even though he was putting up numbers. Defensive rookie, I'm going to go Darius Leonard just because he's like a monster. And then, uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's it, yeah. Unless you got a uh, best kicker. <laughs> nah, <laughs> cool. that one. It, ain't the, it ain't the Saints kicker. No. I mean, uh, Steelers kicker, no, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, Zeke, uh, what about you, man? I'm going to go uh, last. For, for Coach of the Year, I'm going to go actually Frank Wright. I mean, that... I was thinking uh, that. Uh, him or uh, or Matt Nagy, for sure. Even Pete Carroll, any of those guys. But I'm going to go Frank Wright just because, man, like the Colts, they they really, really surprised me, man. That defense is doing doing great. The offense is doing great. That's just a big surprise to me. Um, for MVP, I'll go my boy Mahomes. That man, what he did in his first year as a starter, that's to me... That, that, that's that's crazy for sure um for what's it defensive player of the year i'm gonna go uh that one's kind of a tough one but for actually you no know defensive player of the year i'm gonna go aaron donald aaron donald has done something crazy this year at a defensive tackle for all those sacks man and been double team 70 percent of the time that's yeah crazy. yeah that that's just uh yeah, that's crazy. Um, offensive player of the year, you know, I'll probably, I, you know, even though Mahomes got MVP, I'm going to go probably uh, Todd Gurley for this one. I'm going I'm to go Todd Gurley. That man, you know, with those touchdowns and everything, you know, when he, when he's moving, that, that Rams offense is moving. Um, let's see, for uh, rookie, uh, offensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go with my boy Saquon. You know, you, Mike knows Zeke's a Giants but, fan, by the way, guys. Yes, but, but. A close second would be Baker, but Saquon, you know, watching him, you know, that's 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 my boy. Uh, for defensive rookie of the year, I'm actually gonna go Darius Leonard, and this is the one reason why. Uh, Derwin James would probably be up there with for me, 
But whenever I watch uh, the times I've watched the Colts game, his name is everywhere whenever they're on defense. Like Darius Leonard is always there. You know, watching Chargers games, you know, you're, you're going to hear Derwin James's name every once in a while. But, you know, if you're watching that that uh, Colts game, you're going to hear Darius Leonard for sure. Like that, that's uh, that's one thing you're always going to hear. Um, as for comeback player of the year, I'm going to go Andrew Luck. I, yeah, I think I think he'll definitely win that. Yeah, that's but all right. I got I got my stuff. Uh, so coach of the year, I, I think it's either going to be Matt Nagy or Frank Wright. I definitely think it's going to be one of them because both of their ball clubs overachieved. Uh, MVP, I was back and forth, but Drew uh, Philip Rivers laid an egg last week, so I'm kind of done with that guy. Patrick Levon Mahomes the second, as I say every week, I got him for MVP. The guy is two TDs away from 50, and he's less than 200 yards away from 5,000 yards in his first year starting. And you know, just look at his numbers as a first year starting. You can compare those numbers to. Some of, you know, the NFL's greatest QBs in their best season. So I think that goes without saying. For offensive player of the year, it's a little different. Uh, for me, I don't know if he'll win it, but th- it's more of what I would like to see. But none of you guys mentioned it. I would say Christian McCaffrey. He's leading the path. He's First of all, he's only three on one of three running backs to lead his team in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. And he just broke the record for most uh, receptions by a running back. I would kind of like to see that, but if not, probably Drew Brees or something like that. Offensive Rookie of the Year, it's going to either be Saquon or Baker. I would say Baker, like B. Jones said earlier, it, his impact actually translated to W's. And we know that has, you know, a little maybe a little bit to do with Hugh Jackson being gone, but he definitely, you know, turned it around for the Browns. And, you know, they were mathematically still alive for the playoffs as of last week. And then defensive rookie of the year, probably Darius Leonard. Uh, he's been playing crazy, and simply because I didn't know a lot about this guy until you know the season really got got going for real. And you know the Colts defense has been unbelievable. And then defensive player of the year, I'll say Aaron Donald. I uh, just talked about how he's double teamed on seventy percent of the snaps, which is crazy, and to still have that type of impact is absolutely nuts. So that's. Those are my predictions. What y'all think about that Christian McCaffrey, though? <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah, I would, I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I was thinking about him, but the only reason I don't, I wouldn't put him up there just because their record. Like, if they, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, I was, what I was thinking. Probably because like, nah, yeah, of their record. I'm more surprised that you have Phillip Rivers in the MVP vote. I had him as of last week. Over, over Drew Brees. Like, I've seen I, people talking about it, but I, I mean... He had a, he's having a good year, but he won't be MVP. And another 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 comeback player could be JJ Watt, right? Because he, I mean, he could win. He's in the running for Defensive Player of the Year, and he is unarguably the anchor for a Texans team that, mm-hmm. like like many of us said, we didn't expect to be here. You know what I'm saying? Like they are. They have it. If they win, oh, I, I did. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah. I, I, I did. so did I. I had, I had actually the Texans going 12 and four this year. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it was just me, and I didn't think that. <laughs> I mean, they're at 11 <laughs> wins right now. So yeah, come Sunday, they can be second place in the AFC. Like I didn't see that coming, and so I could see, um, I could see JJ getting comeback player of the year. 
even though Andrew Luck, to me, you know, is 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 that award right now. JJ Watt definitely would get some votes. All right, so I got one more NFL topic, and it's, it's stirred up some controversy, especially in this area. Uh, Redskins waving safety DJ Swearinger. I have mixed feelings and mixed opinions about this. Obviously, because he's one of you know he was what one of the five best players on the Redskins for sure, and he was playing really good, especially at the beginning of the year, but. My mixed feelings came from you simply just can't keep criticizing the coaches in public. And if he's doing it in public, he's definitely was already doing it in private and he's done it on numerous occasions. I'm a little torn because it's just the inconsistency with the Redskins. You got Mason Foster saying F the skins and F the fan base. They signed Ruben Foster and then you're cutting the guy for being outspoken. I, it's just inconsistency going on with the front office. And I told I told at least two of you that I'm not supporting the Redskins until uh, some something happens in the front office. I can't do it anymore. It's too stressful. Uh, I don't think anything's going to really change as long as Dan Snyder is the owner. And he's relatively young compared to most of the owners. And, of course, Bruce Allen. And in, in his tenure, they've been horrible. So I just don't know. And I'm not a Jay Gruden guy anymore either. They just seem to be a pretty average team at best with him. So who, who wants the floor next? Jalen, I might as well do you since you're a Redskins fan as well. So go ahead, bro. All right. Here's the thing, man. And this is the thing. I understand that you can't be criticizing your coaches the, the the thing that i don't understand the thing that i don't like and the, the hypocrisy of this whole thing is everything he said was true and, yeah that's exactly the stuff was true but and I, yeah I, hold up. you know it was true because the coach didn't even say the coach even came out and said i could have i could have done things better so when you cut your our i guess third or fourth best player but you pick up a player that you pick up, you claim a player from waivers that might not even play for you and has domestic three. I'm sorry. Domestic violence charges, not, a, a, a you know, he wasn't accused. He was charged three times this year. You have a player in Mason Foster that says, you know, F the team on Instagram live and then likes the freaking video. And then you have yeah. This team, this team is just, you know, what's, what's more frustrating about this team is that every year, every single year, Redskins fans, including myself, goes in like, you know, we look at small things. Oh, well, we got Alex Smith. We could, we could sneak into the playoffs. This could be our year. And every year, the same thing happens. We we dealt with Albert Hainsworth contracts. We dealt with Clinton Porter's going on Fox 5 in clown outfits. We dealt with them trading Champ Bailey after his career year. We dealt R.I.P. Sean Terry. Hey, I, I like Clinton Porter's, bro. I don't, no, don't talk you, bad about Clinton no, Porter's. I'm not talking about like when he in his prime. <laughs> like I said, and I told you, I guess off air. His after his prime, it was such a, a strong steep down. Like it was so crazy. It's like the Redskins deal was so much in the 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 one constant is dance is, is the is the is the owner man and it's 
it's hard being a Redskins. You know, it's it's hard being a DC fan period because there's a lot going on in the nation's capital, man. From the Redskins to the Wizards to the Nationals, you like, like the Wizards. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hey, oh, chill out. Like I said, just a lot going on in the nation's capital, man. Just um, I got the cute that. That might the cute that Stephen A. Soundbite in the middle of this. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> the damn done, Washington Wizards. B. Jones. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much to say about it. I understand the decision. I see the fans are upset, but I mean, as of the beginning of this season, the Redskins were ranked top five in terms of a monetary value within the league. And this is a team that hasn't had, hasn't won a playoff game since 2005 and hasn't had an 11 game winning season over 27 years but yet they're still ranked top five in monetary value so until that changes nothing is going to change this 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 dysfunctional losing formula is making them money and that's all that the ownership and the front office cares about because it's putting money in their pockets so that's yo why are the redskins always in the news for the wrong reasons. Why? They can never be in the news for the right reasons. It's, it's literally always something. Zeke, go ahead so we can hurry up and get off this topic. Uh, honestly, I don't have too much to say. You know, uh, any team in the NFC East that's dysfunctional outside of the Giants, even though we ourselves are dysfunctional, I'm actually kind of happy with. I think they kind of, you know, it is you know, some hypocrisy within him getting released, you know, because like Jalen said, nothing he said was wrong. Um, it's just, you know, so much stuff has happened with the Redskins organization uh, over the last couple months with, uh, you know, the Mason Foster, the Ruben, or, you know, all that going on. It's just like, you know, OK, let's let's get rid of our uh, our best safety because of uh, he's criticizing the coaching staff. Who was a top five player on the freaking team? And it's just like, wow, okay. Um, so I don't really have too much to say about it. It's just, you know, uh, he got picked up really quick by his former team. And, you know, may the rest of his career be, you know, prosperous. And just- I love I love the way he plays, man. I, I just love the, the – lo- he's like a, a rah-rah guy. I love that about him, man. But, Jalen, go ahead, Brian. I mean to cut you off. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say, just when you think the Redskins might make the right decision – a report came out today saying that the Redskins are in advanced talks with claiming Kareem Hunt. So, shut up. Uh, I'm not a Redskins fan anymore, so <laughs> they can do what they want. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to transition into the NBA. Um, What topic do I want to go with first? We got, I'm going to start with biggest uh, NBA surprises. Uh, Zeke, I'm going to start with you, bro. Biggest NBA surprises? Uh, I'm going to go with the Kings, man. They are actually very surprising this season to me. Um, the way that, that that young group is playing right now, it's very surprising. They've beaten some good teams so far. They've uh, they they've battled with some good teams. They've lost a lot of close games. Uh, they kind of reminded me of the Lakers last year. Uh and mm-hmm. that's not a good thing to see as they're in our division. So, uh, but yeah, they are very surprising to me as of right now. Um, yeah. B. Jones? 
Um, so I'm gonna start with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Paul George for a good reason, Russell Westbrook for bad reasons. Paul George has been hooping. I believe he's averaging a career high in points per game right now. I think he's up to like 26. And the past two weeks, he dropped 40 a few times. I think he's averaging like over, I think he's averaging like around 32, 33 points. Um, and then Russell Westbrook, he's having like probably his worst season. I think he's averaging 20, shooting 60% from the free throw line. In games I've watched, he hasn't been shooting. Uh, he's been missing like layups, like contested layups and stuff, shots that he's usually made. I don't think he might get a, he might be an all star off of his name this year, but I don't think he deserves to be one. And Paul George is like kind of carrying that team right now. Also, I would say that Nuggets. Um, hey, real quick, before you go, uh, did you know Russell Westbrook is shooting 63% from the free throw line? Trash. Yeah, 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 I don't know what's up with that. Um, uh, Nuggets, uh, they, they, were, they, they were a game away from making the playoffs last year, and now I thought they would be in the playoff race. They, I didn't think they would be a top three. I don't know if that'll stick, but um, yeah, that's been a shock. And then the Kings, I didn't expect them to be doing what they're doing. Jalen, what about you, man? Um, <clears throat> A couple, well, I have three surprises. One, I knew I had Luka going in as my rookie year, but I didn't think he was going to be this good this early. Um, he's already getting now. I don't think he's as good, of course, but he's already getting comparisons to James Harden. Um, yeah, I, didn't, I knew he was going to be good, especially coming off the EuroLeague, and he's been playing in that since he was like 16, but I didn't think he was going to be this good. Like, he he's like phenomenal. I had no idea. I didn't think that. I thought, okay, so I knew that the Lakers would be, there would be certain players that adjust to LeBron better than others. I didn't think that Brandon Ingram would struggle to adjust to LeBron this this much. Um, of course, he missed some time, you know, with the suspension and injury, but it has not worked with Brandon Ingram and LeBron James on the floor together. Uh, I knew, you know, I, I didn't expect Kyle, Ku- you know, Kuzma to to blossom as much as he looks like a freaking awesome. I did. I did. Yeah, we both did. But I didn't think Brandon Ingram would struggle. I thought playing next to LeBron would be perfect for Brandon Ingram. I didn't think it's been the complete opposite. And... Lastly, I didn't. Okay, I didn't expect my wizard to be this bad, man. I going in, I thought they could be. Shoot a soundbite. I <laughs> thought they could be at least a top four team. The you know, they had some key wizard. pieces coming back. Of course, you know, all star backcourt. Uh, but I didn't think that they would be this bad. They're they're in the bottom half of defense, offense, rebounding steals three-point percentage like they're they're trash and i i just man i didn't think a team that we heard a lot of noise talking about we're ready for this season you know this we're we're, you know teams are scared of us to come and now they're sitting at 12th 12th place in the in the east it's no no especially with lebron james leaving i didn't i didn't think they would be as bad as they are man so those are my surprises Okay, I got a couple. I thought one of you guys would mention this. I'm disappointed in all three of you. My first surprise is the Clippers. I've been pleasantly surprised with the way they've been playing. I wrote those guys off just simply because they're the Clippers. And, you know, 
no Blake Griffin. You know, even though he got moved, moved, they moved away from him last year. DeAndre Jordan's gone. Obviously, Chris Paul's gone. I didn't think the Clippers would be. I didn't think they would be this good. I I just didn't. They got like a lot of guys. They've just been playing really well together. It's like it's sort of like when Brad Stevens first took over the Celtics. Not to the biggest extent, but the Clippers are definitely positioning themselves to lure a top free agent in the summer. So I think the Clippers have been a good surprise. Also, another team that has fallen off a little bit lately. Uh, I would say the Grizzlies. They're 18 and 16 right now. Pretty much wrote them off, but they've been playing good. Mike Conley's been playing really good. And their rookie, Jaron Jackson Jr., I like him a lot, too. The Grizzlies have been playing good. Also, the Kings, too, as well as uh, a few of you guys said. Yeah, the Kings have been good. Not really surprised about the Wizards, Jalen. Uh, they have Otto Porter under contract, so <laughs> nothing surprises hey, if me. I, if I could say one more thing real quick, Mike. Uh, shout out to my boy T-Wall, who actually plays on the Clippers, who told me this year that, you know, like, hey, like we're going to be something to kind of reckon with. You know, we might be... We might not have a star player, but we play a really good team basketball. And I was kind of, you know, told them, I was like, I don't know, bro. You know, even though you play on there, I'm going to support I'm gonna support you as a player. But I don't think you guys are really going to do much. But, you know, he, he told me that, that they play really good basketball, team basketball. And so far, it's shown, man. So shout out to my boy, T-Wall. You know, I got one more. I got yeah. one more. Uh, yeah. Then you can go, Jalen. I'll... Uh, I was I'm not not overly surprised by the Raptors, but I have been pleasantly surprised by them a little bit. Obviously, moving on from Demar Derozan and inserting Kawhi Leonard, I mean it shouldn't be a big surprise, but I just didn't know how you know he they would adapt to him. Obviously, and I like my man Fred Van Fleet. That dude's a beast off the bench. I like him, but I like what the Raptors have been doing. Jalen, go ahead. Last thing was say that surprised me is how quiet this. Uh D-Wade farewell tours, Ben. Remember, you know, now, of course, he's not on the same caliber as Kobe, but it was a spectacle every, every play. Hey, we, we got to talk about Kobe uh, before we end this show. We got to, we got we to talk. I got a bone to pick with you about what you said the other day. Keep going. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, it was like a spectacle, a show everywhere Kobe went. And it's like, he, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah, it is D-Wade's last year. Like, I forgot. And it was D-Way's last year. So I, <laughs> hey, low-key, I, I forgot too. I'm not that's even going <laughs> That surprised me a lot. One more thing, one more thing. Uh, the Celtics made their... I thought oh. they were going to be... I thought they was going to be like a 65-67 uh, win team. You thought they was going to run away with the East, huh? Yeah, but I think I think they got too many uh, guys in the rotation. They need to make some moves. So. It's it's a lot of guys, man. That's what happens when you stockpile those picks and actually hit on those draft picks. They've been stockpiling those joints and like they didn't really go for the big trade. Like obviously they got went for Kyrie, but they they still might be in the market for Anthony Davis. So we'll see about them. But yeah, I've been surprised about them. But I don't know. Maybe maybe they make some moves. Maybe they figure it out. Gordon Hayward's now coming off the bench. I don't know, man. I don't know what's can, going on with them. Can I, can I say something real quick? Talking about Anthony Davis. Um, uh-huh. Have you guys got heard all the slander that's been going on about James Harden with Chris Paul being out and their record being bad, even though they're starting to win again? But Anthony Davis has not gotten any slander from him being a playoff team back down to the 13th seed as of right now, and he's not getting any slander. Like, 
That's because LeBron James put him like once LeBron James, you've already pretty much come out and said we want you at that point. Like you, you don't see LeBron not saying he's a bum, but you don't see LeBron James asking for bums. Like people know how great Anthony Davis is, but people also understand that Anthony Davis ain't Anthony Davis plays completely different from James Harden. They both have great games, but James Harden, like I said, he's had six games this year where he's dribbled the ball more than 600 times. Anthony Davis, he needs, like, he, he has Drew Holiday, man. Like, not to say Drew Holiday's trash, but Anthony Davis. Nah, you, you kind of insinuated Drew yeah, Holiday. That, trash. I don't like that. Drew, <laughs> yeah, Drew Holiday, <laughs> Julius Randle. I mean, yeah. like, they, they, they got a good little squad over there in, in New Orleans, but they just have not translated to wins. And they've lost a lot of closed games. And I don't think Anthony Davis is getting slandered enough. Like, I mean, I love AD. Shit, come to the Lakers. I'm I'm all for it, you know, me being a Lakers <laughs> fan. But him but him not, you know, leading his team to wins, being arguably a top five player, that's yeah. Yeah, that's that, that that's a call for slander. No whether you're ball dominant or not, even though he's averaging like twenty eight a game, he needs yeah, he needs some criticism. Yeah, I feel you, I feel you. I feel you. All right. Uh hey, I got a quick take that I told Zeke about the other day. Uh, is Ben Simmons overrated? I think I so. so. I think Ben Simmons is overrated. Yeah, not to take anything away from him, I believe he's a great player, but um, like you said, Mike, and I completely agree. People were ready to put him in the Hall of Fame last year after after winning Rookie of the Year. Like he, yeah, no, like he's 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 great, but you know, people like Colin Coward putting him as a top ten player already. No, yeah. no. I think I think people I think what's happening I don't think he's overrated but I think that going into his second year people expected so much more like we didn't he's the same player as he was last year last I year agree. last year that can fly because this is the first time we've seen it in an entire season you know we knew he couldn't shoot but he can do so much more in the court you know he plays hard defensively and everything but nobody expected that we would get the same player from last year like he didn't even work on his and he even came out and said he didn't work on his jump shot like that's where i think so, i think it's more disappointment than anything you know so, so I mean? instead instead of overrated would you say overhyped yeah i'll say that i'll say that because like i said he was like i said he was people call him the prince you know what i mean you got lebron yeah. James, the king he's the prince but at the end of the day if you don't work on what you're worth actually what you're terrible at it's like at that point, like I said, overhype, I mean, overrated turns to overhype and disappointed because you match that with the whole fiasco with Markel Fultz. We expected those two players to be key anchors in a team that we thought could fight the Celtics for number one seed in the East. Now we're looking at them like, in fact, Ryan Hollins, he be having some wild takes, man, on, on first take. But he said something that was kind of made me think. You might have to think about benching uh, Ben Simmons late in fourth quarters because he's not giving you anything, like, offensively. He, In fact, I don't know how many times I've seen this man go for a jump shot and, he like, mid in the air, he throws it to somebody, gets it turned over. Like... He he's he's he has no faith in the shot, and it's not he has no faith. He just he knows he can't shoot, and it's 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 overhyped. You're right, and and I and I kind of agree, or I, I agree with that. But 
it's just so would you give the overrated nod to more of like a like Jason Tatum how he was looked at seeing coming into this season how people thought he was already going to be like the next Kobe yeah. I, I would I, I would probably give him more of the overrated nod and Ben Simmons more of the overhyped nod yeah I think over because Ben like like yeah because I, I think people it's like and I think it's just like the jump while yes Jason Tatum is is still great he he played a lot of the season without gordon hayward someone that plays the same position as him he played a lot of the you know end of the season without kyrie irving so when you have two alpha dogs and then you have him who's an alpha dog it's like while you're willing to take a step back he's never done that he didn't even do that at duke he didn't do that in high school he didn't do it nowhere so when you when you defer to a guy in kyrie that can give you 47 on any given night i think that takes away maybe confidence wise. And then he's losing minutes to Jalen Brown who can't shoot worth the lick. So I just think, I think, and it goes back to the point you said a little earlier, Celtics have too many chefs in the kitchen, man. Somebody has to go. They don't have, they don't have a lot of role players. They have a lot of players that can be stars other places or really important pieces other places, but they don't have too many role players outside of maybe like Marcus Smart and the dude that just broke his hand. Like they don't, oh, Baines. All, yeah. All every other player can be starters in somebody else's team, and I think, or definitely key contributors, like you said, like Terry Rozier for sure. Yeah, so I think that's the problem with the Celtics. They have too many players that know that they're the man and or think they're the man, and they don't have they don't have continuity, as in, all right, who's gonna take the last shot? We even yeah, saw that, we saw that the other, we saw that if you watched the game earlier against the Rockets. But man, Marcus Smart was taking took like nine threes. Like, come on, bro! It's that's that's what's wrong with, and that's you know, circle it around. That's what's wrong with Jason Tatum to me. It's like he's not able to develop when you have you have to worry about so many other people getting their offense off. Good point. Good point. B Jones, you got anything else to add? No, nah, I agree with that. Uh, I agree with uh, what uh, Jalen just said about Jason Tatum. I think he's a victim of his situation more than being mm-hmm. overrated. He's not getting the same touches, the same looks. He's not. He don't have the same freedom with Kyrie looking over his shoulder and Gordon Hayward crunching minutes, Jalen Brown like crunching to his minutes. Um, as far as Ben Simmons, I wouldn't say he's necessarily overrated. I think that until he until he adds the threat of him even taking the jump shot into a defender's mind, he'll be limited <laughs> as to what he can do. So, until he does that, he'll always be playing. Teams will always play him the same way. So, therefore, he'll be like stuck at the level that he is now. So, I think that's something that he'll definitely have to add to his game. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a three-point shot. Just It could be something as simple as a mid-range pull-up. Or like a Lamarcus Aldridge type mid range shot, but mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Good points. Uh, next topic, and then I got. I'm gonna end with Jalen's hot take from the other day. I got a reaction. It's kind of a two parter. So reaction to the Lakers defeating Golden State on Christmas, and also how do you think the Lakers will perform? They're performing right now, but how do you think the Lakers will perform with LeBron James slated to supposedly miss several games? Zeke, I'm going to start with you since you're a Lakers fan as well. And uh, Jalen, uh, you can take the floor afterwards. Um, so reacting to the Lakers win over Golden State, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it was a great, great win. I think it kind of tested us, you know, like, all right, like, 
because remember we talked about this a lot in the offseason mike and a lot of people still you know kind of give us give us a lot of crap for it um last year if the lakers were fully healthy i think they would have competed for the a seed and i have completely totally agree and you know like we counted they had 21 close games that they lost in the fourth quarter because they couldn't close. And, I mean, that goes with them being a young team, you know, as, as well as their injuries. If they win even half of those, they're in the playoffs. Right, and, Lonzo missed 30 games. Yeah, you know, and so they, they win those games, you know, they're, they're a playoff team. This year, I think it would have just been even more. Um, I think it helps that we have LeBron, but, I mean, hey, it was a good team win, you know, especially with LeBron going down in the third quarter. I think it kind of showed us, like, hey, you know what, like, we can do this. And as of right now, uh, we're actually up on the Kings, and Lonzo, Kuzma, and Ingram all having themselves great games. Uh, Lonzo has 16, 7, and 10 with two steals and a block. Uh, Kuzma, 28, and 8. And then Brandon Ingram adding 21. And uh, we're up 97, 89 in the fourth quarter on the Kings. So I think we're— Hey, real quick, yo. Sorry to cut you short. If Lonzo Ball does not make an all-defensive team, is it an absolute robbery? And I'm, I'm I'm considering not watching NBA next year. Just to throw that out there. Definitely agree. All right, Jalen, what about you, man? Um, a couple of things. I mean, it was good for the Lakers. The Lakers needed that, especially with LeBron James going down. Uh, we didn't we we didn't know how they could be without LeBron this year. Um, and uh, Rondo was big for you guys. Lance Stevenson mm-hmm. was big for you guys. Um, so Zubox, Zubox was huge. He's been, he's actually been having a, like a two or three game span where he's been, he's been excellent. So that was, that's been really good for the, for the Warriors. It's funny since 2015, where they really started being on Christmas every day, they are, I mean, every year they are, I believe one in three. And they've been losing. And and out of those three, they've been blown out by twenty or more twice. So I'm just I'm chalking up is they don't want to play on Christmas at all. In fact, Curry's averaging like fourteen points on Christmas. So that's his worst any any day, any anything. So I just chalk it up that they I mean they didn't they just don't want to play on Christmas. Uh and of course they're waiting for Demarcus Cousins. Um and yeah, that's 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 what I got. You know, it was a good win for the Lakers, not taking anything away from. But like I said, the Warriors get blown out. All I, And I say this. I said that before. They lose. They lose. Like they don't lose no close ones. They getting blown out. So, yeah. you know, shouts out to the Lakers. B. Jones. Um, this result zero percent surprised me. Uh, if you told me that the Warriors <laughs> would have got blown out on uh, in this game the day before, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I don't know. They it just seems like they they come out sometimes with bad energy, and they don't care at all. Like because this doesn't them. matter. None of this matters yeah. to them. They're trying to get to they're trying to get to June, man. Yeah. And they really yeah, just yeah. trying to turn up in April and May. Just just to say something about the Warriors, they've lost I believe four or five times at home, and every single one of those losses was by twenty or more. I told you they when they lose they get blown out, bro. Like it's no. It's like there's no close games with them. It's they they try hard to lose bad, and and their, their faces don't even say anything bad on the bench either. They're just kind of like, oh okay, because they know, man. They were actually I think they're waiting for they're waiting for January February when Demarcus Cousins come, because that's a new piece they want to wrinkle in. They want to get him a ring. They they need to you know figure out how to play with him on the floor. Once he gets really acclimated, they are going to take off. And oh yes, I don't. Yeah, see, I can see them putting together some wins for sure, like a, a nice win streak. I see like every team, 
every team in the West, every team in the East, their their like weaknesses. Golden State has a strength. If their weaknesses are their center, you have Demarcus Cousins, a point guard play. You have two time MVP Curry. You know they got Durant walking around. I, I think uh, Clay's gonna get out of his slump. It's for sure. That team is going to be dangerous come February, bro. Anybody else? Anything to add? No, I mean, I think we got it all covered. So how do you guys think that the Lakers will be without LeBron? Me and Z kind of chimed in. Wait, did I did I even talk? Nah, you didn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so I all right, my reaction was I was happy as hell. I, I was enjoying it. Like, I was really like, oh, man, like this is the game meant more to the Lakers, obviously, as you guys pretty much touched on without saying it. The game meant more to the Lakers than the Warriors. The Warriors don't care. They they, they don't care. This is the Lakers trying to see if they can measure up to Golden State. And obviously, Golden State played horrible, especially the core. Klay Thompson played awful. Steph played awful. KD had 21, but it wasn't really. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Draymond Green real quick. I want to talk about. The regression of Draymond Green, like, like, what's going on? Like, he's always been overrated to me. I think he's good for that team, but I don't think he will be. He obviously would not be Draymond Green on another team. I think one thing that we're seeing is teams are really forcing him to play offense, like, like actually shoot the ball. Yep. And what we what we saw in the past is he'll hit one or two. And then teams will abandon the, all right, we have to double. Like, they double-team Curry almost every time he gets the ball. They double-team Durant almost every time they get the ball, leaving Draymond Green's player. I mean, Draymond Green's man, he's wide open. And what we've seen years years on end, that they would try to quickly recover. Now they're just looking at him like, all right, shoot. And then I think that's getting to his head. You know, homie, yo, he airballed so bad. I don't even think he touched the net. And... I don't. I don't think you understand how hard that is to do. <laughs> like not. To <laughs> and I just think it's getting in his head, man. I think he's gonna be okay, but that that is the reason why they're struggling right now. Not. I mean, yeah, they don't care, but when when Draymond Green is, he's used to initiating the ball. The man averages like three three turnovers a game now. He. I think he's like fourth in turnovers. So. I think, you know, with that, of course, the whole KD incident, he saw the team um, pretty much sided with KD instead of him. I think that kind of got into him a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, teams are really determined. If you're if you're going to beat us, Draymond Green's going to at least shoot the ball a little bit. I mean, like, my man's shooting 19% from the three-point line. That is horrible. Because so, he's got a backpack on. I didn't even, even know the percentage. Damn. <laughs> it's because he was shooting like he has a backpack on. Yeah, before Christmas, <laughs> it was 22%. Right now, it is 19 So, that, it's, I think that's the big, I think, again, they're going to turn it around once DeMarcus Cousins go. I think they're going to get their second win. But right now, it, that's their biggest problem. It's like, with Clay struggling, they're pretty much playing and Draymond Green helped, you know, facilitate, but he's not even doing that now. So, in fact, they just showed a play where he just threw the ball off Clay Thompson's head right now, playing against Portland. So, like I said, that's that's the biggest problem to me. B. Jones, anything to add before the next topic? 
Nah, nah, that's that's cool. I agree with that. <laughs> All right, uh, real quick, I want to do NBA midseason awards. Uh, we can get this out of the way real quick. Uh, B. Jones, any any thoughts? Um, I think it's too early for me. I can't say. Okay, okay. fair enough, fair enough. I kind of feel the same way, Zeke. Um, I mean, for early midseason MVP, I'd probably have to go Giannis. I mean, the way he has the Bucks playing, you know, um, I think I think that for sure is something that's going going well for him. Um, for defensive player of the year, as of right now, I'd probably go Paul George. Paul George is playing really, really, really good defense right now. I mean, the whole Thunder team as a whole is playing good defense. They even got Russell Westbrook playing defense now. <laughs> um, as six man, I think I think all those I haven't taken too much look into, but uh, yeah, it's a little too early. But for you know defensive player and uh, and MVP, I probably I probably go with those two for sure. Okay, Jalen, what about you? MVP, uh, I'm gonna have to go Kawhi Leonard. Uh, the the impact that he has, along with you know the impact that he has on the Toronto Raptors is is crazy i I didn't i knew there was gonna i thought there was gonna be a drop off especially only playing nine games but he's coming back looking better than he did in 2016-17 which is arguably his best year um defensive player of the year i agree i would definitely give it to paul george he's playing he's playing out out of his mind i think he's averaging like 2.1 or 2.3 steals a game which which is which is great for his position Sixth man, I have to give it to my man Derrick Rose, just because I didn't see this coming. Of course, Derrick Rose has been through a lot. In fact, I just had a podcast about him. Uh, I, we we all know we all know what what Derrick has been through injury wise. So to get to where he is now, almost averaging twenty five points a game, um, I th- I think that's 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 definitely commendable. So I give him well twenty one points. Uh, I give him. Uh, I was like 25. I'm about to go look at yeah, this. I, I was like, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I'm in 21. I'm in 21, especially with Jimmy Butler going on. He plays a lot more. But um, coach of the year, I don't know. It's a little too early. Uh, but I guess I might have to get. I, I'm thinking about um, Budenhoser. So for the Bucks. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I got. Uh, one, one thing about Kawhi, uh, I wouldn't put him in that MVP conversation just because the Raptors have won a little too much without him on the court. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I understand that. I can see that. I can see that. And yeah, I, mean, I, I love Kawhi, but I, you know, they their record without him, I think they've only lost like one or two games without him. And yeah. the only, the only, the only pushback I have against Giannis is that while he improves year after year the one thing that he needs to improve kind of like ben simmons just on a like slightly lesser degree the one thing that we need him to jump shot this is jump shot which he has not improved on but you know you know what's crazy though is without that jump shot he's still averaging 27 a game and that's i think you're absolutely right because he is he is i think he's shooting like 58 percent in the from the field like it's yeah like, I mean, he, if, if I mean, if, if you could dominate like that, I mean, why not? You know, he's on. Yeah, I can, I can feel that. You know, one thing, uh, one thing that I, I want to talk about quickly is: Do you think? Because they were talking about this today. Do you think that the Sixers don't give Joel and B the ball enough? Hmm. Because, because, like, he is one of the most dominant players in the league, but I mean, he's that team's best player. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, he's definitely the best player on the Sixers. 
and definitely going down the going down the stretch, he barely gets the ball. We even saw that yesterday in, or on Christmas when uh, JJ Reddick took that trash shot and Joel Embiid was like smack open. Like, do you do you think they don't give him the ball enough? Um, hey, I was it. pissed when JJ Reddick took the last shot. That last <laughs> shot. I was pissed. Like, what are you doing? That was crazy. I mean, I mean, you got to remember that, like, why they got Jimmy Butler was because they wanted that guy who can who can defend while also giving you that go-to bucket, you know. And I think I think right now, since they've gotten him, they're trying to get him still, you know, used to playing with these guys, you know, for the playoffs, you know, because I really think that's what they're looking more forward to, is uh, you know, like the okay, you know, regular season, you know, this is the time to get our practice in as a core, you know, getting ready for like the playoffs, you know. Um, and I think I think you know they need to get Joel a little incorporated come playoff time because they're gonna you know probably give him the ball for a go-to bucket you know because he's gonna be the one obviously closer to the basket and he's their best player. Um, so I think I think that's kind of what they're doing right now. So I think it's gonna show that they're not giving him the ball enough as of right now. But um, he definitely deserves to have the ball in his hands a lot more. Okay. All right. Enough said. Enough said. So the last topic. It wasn't really one of the topics I had written down, but Jalen, I don't know if everybody has a bone to pick with you about this, but I certainly do. You want to explain to me why you, no, no, you're going to explain. I'm not even going to ask. You're going to explain to me why you said Kobe Bryant is not a top 10 player of all time. All right. Well. No, and you're going to tell me who who is your top 10 and you're going to tell me why Kobe is number 11. Well, what I'm gonna do, I'll no say no order either. I don't care about that. I'm not, I don't go not, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it for a podcast. I have something cooking next year, but this way I will say this. Um, if you look at his numbers compared to Tim Duncan's numbers, Tim Duncan nearly has identical numbers except for points scored, and that's because he hasn't had to score enough points, but wins. MVPs, championships, playoff appearances, playoff wins. He is he is nearly identical to Kobe Bryant. And I think okay. that while I think Kobe Bryant, and I'm not taking and, and when people hear me saying when 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 I say he's not top ten, people hear me. I think people hear me say, "Oh, he's trash." No, Kobe Bryant is one of the best players to ever play the game. But I just think that impact wise. Because he has such a high volume of shots and he took a high volume of shots. I looked it up when I was doing, because I'm doing research for my next podcast uh, next year. Kobe took 22 shots a game his entire career. Tim Duncan took 15. Now, and and that's just Tim Duncan. Now, of course, there's... You know, of course, you have Michael Jordan. I think LeBron James is in there, of course. uh, Shaq. All of them, but I just think we look at Kobe in this air, but we don't really look at the big picture. As in, Kobe took a lot of shots, and he made a lot of shots. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying he wasn't clutch. I wasn't. I'm not saying he's a he's not a great offensive player. What I'm saying was Kobe's numbers are so inflated because he took a lot of shots. Now, yes, he had to. Yeah, he had he had Smush Parkers. He was playing with a couple years and Kwame Brown, but that. You know that I just think his numbers are so inflated because he he took a lot of shots. And you look at some of the other people that's going to be on my list. 
they hold on real quick real quick i don't mean to cut you off okay. about the the kobe Bryant and tim duncan comparison so what are you saying like what i'm saying is in my book they're both top 10 in my book i would have tim duncan in my top 10 before i have kobe Bryant. and i'll explain it all in my next podcast when i'm you know like i said i'm taking a little break you gotta tell me who's your top 10 right now i'm putting you on the spot and <laughs> i have to hear this you you have to what i'll do is i'll give you five i'll give you five and i'll and you'll have to wait for another well five. all right you don't gotta give me the obvious michael jordan and lebron and magic i don't want that i want like you got shacks in there six, seven i want who's your six seven eighth ninth and tenth you got skill and Neil in there you got <sighs> hakeem elijah Okay. You got Tim Duncan. You got where did I put? Um, oh, you're not gonna like this, but I'm gonna say you got Carl Malone. Oh Lord. Um, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. Hey man. <laughs> and number ten, like I said, I, I'll just give you those four right now. But that's why. Just to go, bro. Nah, bro. You you got to go. Hey man, I res- I respect I respect the love for Kobe. Trust me, like like I said, I understand that's gonna get a lot of pushback. But if you know, tune into the unpopular podcast. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why I believe. And of course, if you don't, you know, at the end of the day, it's my opinion. If you don't agree with it, that's cool. But I, I damn sure don't agree with it. I respect it. I trust me, I definitely do. But just just hear me out. You know, that's, that's once once the podcast drop, uh, that's all I'll say for now. But. Just, just hear me out. You know what I'm saying? Just hear me out. It could change by the time the podcast come. I, I need to look at the numbers a little bit more and look at the highlights I've been. But yeah, right now Kobe, he, he gonna put him in top ten by the time we make that podcast. Can I, trust me, can, I, I, can, I, can I say something real quick about Kobe? No problem. Talking about his numbers, if you eliminate all of his uh, injured years or the years that he did not start, this man averaged twenty seven point two points per game, five point one assists. 5.7 rebounds, 1.6 steals, 0.5 blocks, and three turnovers a game. So that three turnovers for how much he had the ball in his hands during those years, he only had three turnovers a game, not four to five, you know. So, you know, he was handling the ball a lot, but, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was doing anything dumb with him. And for the fact that he had most of his teammates around him, not, not the year with Shaq, you know, you know, not those four, what was it, like four years of the when after they got Gasol, you know, not none of that. If you look at those years that he didn't, you know, have those great players around him, you know, and he was still You're talking about the able, dark days, though. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The dark days. If you look at what he was able to do in those years, you know, you're like, wow. Like, I mean, God, not for much me, to, for me, my, I'm sorry to cut you off, Zeke. But for me, with, with cements Kobe as a top 10, look at the year before he like look at the same year he tore his Achilles and look what, what he was doing that year and that was what year seventeen yeah. yes okay which right. was which was nuts for a player to do in year seventeen so you know what I'll give you this I'll give you I'll give you my I'll give you the team and then tell me tell me who you would who who definitely definitely you take off you got Jordan you got LeBron you got Kareem you got Magic Johnson you got uh, Shaq you got Tim Duncan you got Bill Russell, you got Larry Bird, Walt Chamberlain, and then Akeem. That's ten players right there. Who you? Who, oh, and then you got Oscar. Take Bird Robinson. off. I'll take Bird off before I, uh, I I put Kobe over Bird. Okay, so then mm. so you putting Kobe over Oscar Robinson? Yeah. 
Okay, I respect it. I respect it. But Did that, you watch Oscar Robertson play? I, I didn't. I didn't. But <laughs> I mean, stats are showing me. Stats are showing me he was statistically, and they say it all the time. Statistically, one of the greatest players that ever stepped foot on the court. That's Oscar Michigan Robertson for, played when nobody watched basketball. You got. You got. You got to look at. Like I, I understand stats is one thing, but you got to take so much into account when when doing a top ten players of all time. You got to look at competition. You got to look at the rules that they were playing in. You know, you got to. You got so much to look at and. Kobe thrived in arguably the most difficult era defensively of basketball. And I now, not, now, 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 people aren't even talking about that. I definitely agree with that. But the one thing, and this is, and that goes back to my original point, Kobe takes a lot of shots. And I'm not saying, I'm not taking, and again, I'm not saying that to say Kobe's trash or Kobe's overrated or Kobe's inflated or anything. What I'm saying is, Yes, he has the numbers to back it up. Like uh, in two, in fact, the last podcast I did, Mike, you, we were talking about it. Two thousand five, he averaged thirty five points a game, which is out, which is crazy. But what the stat, what, what they're not showing is the man took thirty shots a game. And I'm just saying that there's a lot more efficient players than Kobe. That 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 to me is where 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 my argument stands. Kobe is a great player. Kobe is one of the greatest players. But there is a lot more efficient players than Kobe Bryant. And that's 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 why it's hard for me to put him in my top five. Top 15, of course. Like I said, he's probably 11. I ain't say top five, but I said for sure top 10. And, and I mean, Kobe so I, the best player I've ever seen, in my my personal opinion. But I'm not saying, I'm not saying you know, uh, if I were making a list. I mean, I'm, I'm partially biased. But if I'm making a list, he's definitely top 10. I understand. And like I said, I'm not, I don't, I don't. I don't hate anybody that believes that, and I don't think people are wrong. Like, of course, it's all subjective, it's all opinionated, but that's just why I would have to. Because when, when we're talking about efficiency, and we're talking about you know working with what you got. Kobe was able to do that, but he just he he has a high volume of everything he did. So that's I mean, that, you know, that year. That year he scored thirty five a game. I mean, who was he playing with? And I mean, he shot forty five percent from the field. You know, I mean. Like yeah, like that's that's not obviously not fifty, but for the amount of times he was shooting to to hit forty five percent, that's not bad. Yeah, and and then like I'm saying, this, at this point when when we're talking about top five, top tens, we're nitpicking at this point, and that's it's 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 like I said, it's just the efficiency really, and and of course Kobe didn't have nothing to work with, but even with Shaq and even with you know Derek Fisher, even with help. Uh, Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum, even with those players, a man still on average was taking at least 22 shots a game, his career. So that's that's why I, I'm just like, well, I mean, you take 22 shots, you bound to average at least 25 points. You know what I'm saying? Wait, how many times did you say he shot I think, his career? I think 22 shots a game. He averaged 19.5 field goal 19.5. So like I said, that's like, come on, bro. And, and, and again, again, I'm not saying that to say that Kobe's doesn't deserve to be in anybody's top 10. I understand, but I'm just going to, I am the one that are, 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 is putting the pause on like, all right, man, let's. So, let's so, so let me, let me, let me say this about Kobe's efficiency real quick. So you said, okay, yeah, he shoots 19.5 times a game. So let's say that's 20, right? Okay. Yeah. So he's shooting that. He made nine of those a game. So yeah. nine, nine for 20. If he would have made one more, that would have put at him at 50%. So there's not really a big, that big difference between him making that 
that nine versus that ten. So that ten is gonna put him in in, in your top ten if he would have made that that one extra bucket. No, it at, no. Saying saying as he's as he's doing all jump shots too because I mean there's a difference because like LeBron and MJ yeah they they put up hella points you know don't be wrong and MJ was a, was a shooter too but a lot of their points came in in the paint whereas Kobe you know he was athletic but not athletic to that point so he <laughs> shot a lot of contested mid range jumpers and hard jumpers because it was him scoring and and in the in what I always bring up. And I was glad that you said that because then I had the debate to me really with Kobe shouldn't be. Last points, fellas. Last couple points. Last point is, is he top 10? The debate is, is he the greatest offensive offensive player we've ever had? That is a great conversation we can have. But to me, top 10, you have to look at almost everything. And I don't think Kobe's top 10 player. Now, now if you ask me, Kobe is probably top two or three greatest offensive players ever but to me that doesn't merit him being in the top 10 and like i said i i don't i don't i don't hate and i don't see you know i i understand why people will put him in the top 10 trust me but like i said when i dropped the when i dropped the episode man just just hear me out and i'll, I'll explain a lot more but because you know we, we we running out of time but again y'all y'all definitely have great points and i'm not i'm not refuting none of that but i'm just saying just, just hear me out. You'll see what I'm talking about, man. And, and like, I, like you know, it's cool to have your own opinion. The reason why I, I say stats aren't everything is because if you look at that, then the, the greatest player of all time is Wilt Chamberlain, mm-hmm. you know? And, I mean, obviously, Wilt has a case even though, you know, those finals losses and everything. But, I mean, yeah, look at, you know, who was he playing against when he was grabbing all those rebounds? You know, the next person tallest in the league outside of him being 7'2", next tallest <laughs> person was, what, 6'9", 6'10"? That was what Bill Russell. So yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, stats. There, there's a lot of context that needs to be said with stats for sure. All right, right guys. Uh, B Jones, anything to say? Nah, I'm, I'm gonna let y'all cook on that one. You think Kobe top ten? I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, I wouldn't have him in my top five. Probably ten though. Okay. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Huh? Respectable. A- anybody else got anything to say? Oh, all right, we're good, uh, for real, uh, um, just want to thank you guys for coming on, uh, this was fun, I had a lot of fun, we're probably gonna have to do this again, uh, oh, yeah, maybe definitely. a future show, maybe a future show alert, future show alert, uh, maybe <laughs> we gotta do that, um, I had a good time, this was fun, I kinda just, I kinda just sat back and let, let these guys showcase, you know, what they wanna talk about, that, that was my, th- I want you guys to have the floor for most of the show, you know, I'm, you know, moderator here, pretty much, man. You, you guys know I do my thing every week, so. But I really want to, you know, let you guys showcase what you got, man. You guys are, you know, very talented individuals, and you guys, you guys put in some work, Zeke. We definitely gotta get you integrated some more. I know you're not even, you don't even have a podcast, and you, you, you got some stuff, man. You got some knowledge, but we, we got some things cooking up. Uh, any, anything, anything, any last few comments you guys want to say to the audience? I appreciate you having me on, bro. Again, this is the second time. I don't like how y'all just attack me about the Kobe, but I respect. <laughs> Again, uh, I guess shameless plug. Go tune into the Unpopular Podcast. I just dropped the episode today. This was the second one this week. I'm taking a little break from it. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a, I guess, personal detox, personal fast, and I'm gonna get back with it. But 
Go turn into the Unpopular Podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and uh, SoundCloud. So, again, thanks for having me on, my my guy. Thanks for the the open ended conversation. <laughs> no, no problem, man. No problem. B. Jones, Zeke. Appreciate you for having me on. Looking forward to doing it again. Man, this was fun, man. This was fun, Zeke. Hey, thank you for having me on, man. It's been far too long. You know, I've been I've been with you since the start, you know. And uh, yo, Zeke was hey, real quick story, story, real quick, and then I'm I'm, I'm gonna wrap this thing up. Me and Zeke, nobody knows this for real. Uh, B Jones, Jalen, I met Zeke on Twitter a couple years ago. He was tweeting. This was when like Luke Walton first got fired, and the Lakers were actually playing fairly well. And I dug up some old tweets, which I I do from time to time. I even retweet myself from 2013 when I say like stuff like Paul George is cooking and he's cooking in real life. I go retweet that while the game is going on. But I searched up some stuff and Zeke was like, uh, Luke Wallen won't make a difference. And I and I commented LOL to like a number of people that said the same thing. And Zeke actually responded to me. And we just been talking and talking back and forth, adding them on PlayStation. We've been talking like I talk to Zeke heavy. Like I talk to Zeke more than like a lot of my, you know, friends I grew up with. So that's just a real quick story I wanted to share with y'all. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been with you since the beginning, man, you know, and it's so happy I met you, man, because you know you're doing good, you know, it's stuff that you know, we help each other out a lot. And uh hey, it was a pleasure, fellas. It was a pleasure, fellas, you know, getting able to to do this show with y'all. Um, you know, follow me on Twitter uh, at Sports Freak Zeke. You know, I'll follow you back. You know, I just give my opinion. Uh, but, Mike, thank you again for having me, brother. All right, guys. I just want to thank my audience for listening. If you made it to the end, you're the fucking best. <laughs> if you made, it to, you made it this far, you're the best. I want to thank everybody for listening. This is Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 73 is done. Peace. Peace.